Yeah, but I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank yep, you yep. so much. Um, for those that don't know, maybe tell a little bit about yourself. Maybe like, you know, what is what's your early what's your earliest memory with music, and uh, you know, just like maybe your background story. All right. Um, well, you know, my name is Gabe. Gabe Niles. Uh, I'm from Virginia Beach. It's like born and raised out here. Uh, just like this whole music thing, kind of just you know. Uh, grew on its own, you know, like uh, I came from a household where my parents always worked, worked, worked. So then, like, we weren't allowed outside when it was at work. So then my dad, he uh, had a nice little record collection. And, you know, just being in the house all the time, I had to learn how to entertain myself pretty much. So, you know, I used to just, uh, you know, not even knowing it, just be over there messing with the stereo system. I used to take, like, radios apart stuff like that. You know, it's just always, like, some element of uh, music that I was into, whether it be just like, you know, what makes music work, uh, how we hear it, you know, taking apart tape cassettes, all that stuff. So just I think the experimentation alone already had me, you know, hooked because I, I thought I was a scientist at one point. I, I wanted to build robots, all kinds of shit. So the thing about that was me not realizing that like these older records and like you know Earth Wind and Fire and like Parliament my dad was a big Parliament fan and like the soul stuff was just like while I'm out here experimenting that that was what was you know kind of molded my my flavors of like what you know I thought music was so you know it was like a lot of old elements every Saturday my dad be playing like you know the old school dance hall and you know, every now and then, like, uh, my mom played some oldies, and it just, it was always a mixture of music. No, that's fantastic. And kind of what were, you know, maybe the very first, like, uh, was the first time you made, uh, you know, music, I guess? Like, what was the first, do you remember the first kind of song you ever produced, or, like, when did you first, like, realize you could make music? Um, it was different phases. It was, uh... You know, of course, I did. I did band for one year, and uh, I really didn't like it because it was just it was like, you know, it was so instructional. Like it wasn't like I looked at music as just like, you know, fun experimentation and like you know just the whole band thing and reading music and I just felt like that was it was too robotic. It wasn't creative enough. So. You know, just dipping and dabbling in that. Around the time when Napster dropped, I remember I used to just download instrumentals. This is around when Neptune and Timbaland was killing everything. So, you know, my sisters would come home and be like, yeah, we saw that dude for real at like 7-Eleven. <laughs> you know, he had like a cowboy hat on, eating Pop-Tarts. And it was just stuff like that as a kid. I'm like, dang, you know, they doing it. So I could do it too. That's how I looked at it. So, you know, I used to always, uh, I signed up in the Star Trek forums. And that's like a throwback right there. The Star Trek forums, like, if you look into, like, all the people that were on those forums that's, like, doing stuff now, I'm talking about everybody was. M.I.A., all the Drake, Tyler, uh, just everybody. Everybody was on that wow. thing. But, and, um, and what was going on in the forum? Was it, like, were you sharing ideas or were you... <laughs> that that was the thing. It, it was... It was different sections. Most of the forums was just like how would your t- Twitter feed would look like, just people joking and, you know what I mean? But we all were there on the common ground, of, you know, being big Neptunes fans. So then they had a, a separate forum 
for uh, that you, if you're a producer, you could just like post beats in there, and then everybody just kind of like give you feedback. So, you know, I started getting into that. I moved to uh, Dallas, Texas, my senior year. I didn't know anybody out there, so I picked up beats as a hobby. So I started uh, this is 2006. Just started making beats and posting it in the forum. You know, getting uh, you know, just getting feedback. And I remember my first beat when I made it in my room. My sister heard it. And the beat was all over the place, very weird. And then my sister, like, called my mom in the room. was like, yo, listen to this. He just made this. So my mom listened to it. And, you know, she just gave me her confirmation that I was, I, I was going to do it. Like, so then once my mom said that I could do it, and then nobody could tell me nothing. So then that's, like, 06, that's when I said, all right, I'm, I'm going to do this music thing and uh, be a producer. So Free Loops was definitely the basis of it. But, you know, I just kept growing off of... Uh, you know, getting critiqued from people, and then we started trading sounds, and, you know, uh, Al Swing, shout out to Al Swing, he uh, posted a video, like, uh, showing how to sample out of Acid Pro, and this was, like, before YouTube, so it was, like, a, you just had to download this video of him talking and stuff, and I, and, like, that shaped, he gave me, like, the basis of kind of song structure, so then that's when I started really flourishing with, uh, I don't know. I, I think my progression in my first year was was very, very good because that's when I started, like, you know, people started taking note. You know what I'm saying? Like, my beats got really good. And then on the forums, everybody was like, you know, I was one of the, you know, the people really doing it out there. So uh, SoundClick, you know, that started selling beats on SoundClick. And then, yeah. That's how you got the first sort of placement, like, you're selling it through SoundClick. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And then that's at the same time, simultaneously, it was like MySpace music starting to take off. So uh, when I moved back here, you know, Lucid Media was going on. Familiar with that? I linked up with uh, Max Mega. And he, then he introduced me to Seth Hughes. And then me and Seth just started going hard at it. Um, me and Seth just, just, just linking on some listening to music. Uh, pushing the boundaries of stuff like I started playing on like some of the stuff I was like digging and listening to like a lot of French music like a lot of French house the Ed Banger stuff uh you know this one electro star emerging but also like stereo lab and stuff so we're we're just like mixing all these different uh you know styles of music and you know just attacking it like why not why not how did you even discover that I mean because back then to your point like there wasn't like as much of a you know, it wasn't like an algorithm or something where you might hear something and then you hear another thing that's similar. Like, how are you even, how'd you even know that, that like, that was a, a, yeah, was a thing, it, was right? It internet or? Yeah, I mean, duly part, it was the internet. But like I said, like, me doing all those, like, uh, messing with those disco records and stuff, it kind of just, that's what I was drawn to. So at the time, that's the hottest disco and house. Like, I was a big Daft Punk fan. And I was I became a Daft Punk fan when um, do you remember the box? It was like a it was like a, a channel on like a, just like local TV where you could call in and request songs, and it was just from like around the you know country. And I guess when Daft Punk around the world came out, they everybody just kept requesting that song. So I saw that video. They're around the world. That punk is just like 
all these, you know, robots, mummies and all that stuff. They just out here dancing and stuff. And just as a kid, I'm looking at that like, this is dope. Then that's when the gorillas start doing the cartoon stuff. So it was a real connecting point with that. But that already started. That that just, like, the kind of music I like was that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, rap, hip-hop, man, I don't even, like, big into that. Because uh, all my sisters, like, that's all they played all the time. So I was always around it. It was like, whatever. And then my brother was, like, really the one that put me on, like, Sade. So I, just, I always had, like, these uh, outlets and, like, my dad being Panamanian playing Spanish music. And it was just always there. So then, like, fast forward to where, you know, the Napster days and all that stuff started coming out in the forums. And I just started, like, you know, just looking for obscure things and mainly, like, uh, worldwide things. So, like, the Daft Punk rabbit hole took me down to there. And then I just, it just like that electro sound growing me, especially coming from like, you know, Neptunes and Timbaland that used a lot of those, you know, obscure sounds and, and futuristic sound and stuff. So I was always into that. And then uh, I found out how to just like really, you know, search uh, for random things. Like you said, no algorithms. It was like you could site search things and I would just like type in a date, like, uh, you know, um, soul funk uh 1977 or like you know disco electro 1982 and i was on this website where everybody put music from around the world like i'm talking about like in the cut stuff but they ripped records so i was just crate digging on the internet yeah not running into like obscure things and you know stuff like that was sticking so 2007 was like a crazy year for music that's how i feel about i think that was like really the blossoming of everything so. What about DJing? Did you did you DJ first or did you produce first? How did that like become a part of? I got into DJing off of. I used to hang out with like a lot of the foreigners and uh, you know band kids when I went to ODU. So they would have like these little house parties, and uh, you know they just asked. I was already producing, so then they asked for me to like you know well, can you DJ? And I'm like. I guess I could because I know all this music now, but I, I looked at it as an opportunity for me to play like my own music and remixes. So like when I first started, I wasn't using turntables or anything. I was just using a laptop and uh, this program, Asset Pro, and I just do it live, you know, muting tracks and adding stuff and loops, just putting loops. And, uh, you know, I became a favorite in that whole round. Like, okay, do this one, do this next party. So I started doing that, <clears throat> not knowing how to do turntables. And then I met Burke. And Burke really uh, took me on his wing. You know what I mean? I had, like some real apprentice Miyagi shit where he <laughs> had to carry his cases and all that stuff in his gigs. Because I was like, what, 18, 19? So I was getting in places that was 21 and up because I was holding a crate and stuff. But then, you know, from just hanging out with him, I used to be at his crib playing on it. So then, like, when we were at these gigs, he would just want to break and be like, go ahead, take over. So I was just out there messing up on the fly. But, <laughs> I mean, I was learning, though. So yeah. that that's where it really goes. And then I started getting gigs off of that. So that's that's where, like, the whole DJ thing came. But I looked at DJing just as an outlet for me to, uh, you know, actually play, like, my stuff. So it, was, it just it goes hand in hand to this day. How did you meet Sonny? I met Sonny uh, at this Spot called Lola's back in the day. Um, Bradford used to do, do this uh, 
what's it called? Uh, Dead Stop. It was a hip hop night, and he was a bartender at Lola's. So, you know, I got real close with the family at Lola's, and then there was a Latin night. Every Friday, was they play Latin music and stuff, and uh, Sonny was in there, and I met Sonny there, and, uh, you know, I didn't, when I met her, I didn't even know she did music and stuff, so, um, you know, fast forward, people was like, yo, you need to check this chick out, blah, blah, blah. and it was, so I happened to be Sunny, but it took me forever to listen to it, because I just, like, you know, everybody's like, yo, you need to check her out, and, like, everybody used to always come to me and just be like, you know, bring people to me, and, I, it, and I'll be just so much on my own wave at that point where, you know, I'll finally listen to it. And when I listened to it, I was just like, damn. You know what I mean? Like, okay. So I just downloaded one of her songs and, like, literally stole it off her SoundCloud and remixed <laughs> it. And I sent it back to her. And she was just like, how did you get this? And I was just like, <laughs> I took it. And she was like, well, it's good. And I was like, all right, word. So I sent her, like, a package of beats. And all, all the beats I sent her, it was just like, it was just one beat I really wanted her to mess with. And, like, it was probably, I sent her about 15 beats. And she picked that one. Was tripping off, I was like, "Oh, dope!" And then we just kept making music, and the whole Sunny and Gabe thing just started merging. We released a song in SoundCloud, and uh, somebody saw it, and they they just put it in motion. D that put it in motion, and got us uh, pictures and planes. Pictures and planes blew it up, and then like we're getting write ups that we had to like translate, put into Google Translate, because now it's like worldwide. It's just like, dang, like we got something, so. From SoundCloud. SoundCloud, yep. And how much were you putting on SoundCloud maybe around that time? Were you posting, like, or uploading new music, like, on a consistent basis? Were you just doing it when you got inspired? Or like- yeah, I, it was more, you know, spaced out because I started doing, like, beat tapes. I was, uh, you know, really cool with uh, this dude, Alex B. He goes to a Paper Diamond now, but... At the time, it was Alex B, and uh, it was a real beat society kind of thing going on around then. So I was putting, like, just my instrumentals of, like, you know, weirder stuff, more progressive stuff on my SoundCloud and, like, DJ mixes. And then, like, after the Sunny and Gabe thing started hitting, then we started doing, like, adding our own remixes. And and then uh, verbally, you know, start putting their stuff out there. So, yeah, SoundCloud at that time was, that was, like, the thing. Mm-hmm. Who, who started Rebelly and what was the kind of mission point or like what was the what was the goal for Rebelly? Well, um, Sed and Sean Jones, they were college roommates and they both just started rapping and stuff. So they, they started Rebelly as far as a name. And then uh, when he started, you know, coming here and stuff like, uh, you know, he started MySpace page. So then it was a collective of people. Or we just saying, all right, we're going to be Rebel Lee. It wasn't a record label or anything, not a gang, nothing. It was just a collective of people that just wanted to make music creative, like, just creatively, like, like obscure stuff. So, you know, David, uh, Max, he uh, pretty much, like, subconsciously, not even knowing, he was bringing everybody together. And, and, and the thing is, is, like, everybody met each other pretty much through Max, but Max was just like, you know, he saw one dude at a gas station and was like, yo, come to this party we're throwing. And then he was like, yo, I saw he was in the BMW, so I knew he could buy some beats. He said he rapped, so he was just like, yeah, you're going to bring him around. And then that was Carter, and Carter just stuck around because everybody jailed. So it was like, Rebel League was like very organic. Uh, as far as like a mission statement, 
man, we don't we didn't even have a mission statement. It was basically just like we were just going to kill shit. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like it wasn't even like a record label as an end goal or anything. Like to this day, it's just you know, it's just it's what it is. Like you know, it, of course it could evolve to a record label, but I don't think it needs to be a record label at this point. Like you know, I I, I aspire everybody and. and and recommend everybody, like, you become your own record label, you know what I mean? Like, in your own way, where, you know, everything doesn't have to be tied, like, tied down and defined right now. Like, especially with opportunities to do, like, single deals and all this stuff, like, endless capabilities. I think everybody should be there, like, their own record label in their own way, rather than, you know, signing up under something and, you know, like, being mishandled and, like, get your stuff straight before you jump into something else, pretty much. Because is that what it is? It's like, if you if you are taking a path of getting a label involved, you're, like, you, I mean, you're, essentially, you have a boss at the end of the day, like, that's kind of part of it. So, no, that makes sense. And now, I guess, the channel, you can just, you can put music out, and you can kind of go directly to fans. Um, what is, like... I guess performing that kind of thing. Like, how do you think about that? Like, uh, you know, there's lots of you know talent management and booking and just different ways, I guess, to to get on a tour. Like, what what do you think about like maybe where we are with you know music tours and performances and that kind of thing? Yeah, um, it's that's duly in part why music is the biggest industry right now. Like revenue wise, like it's the shows, it's the festivals, it's. It's all of that now. So that, like, more than ever, the, the performance is the biggest thing right now. Like, more than streams, more than record sales. So the thing about that is, you know, you get you get yourself in a position where you're comfortable, where you're, okay, I could, you know, I got a live show now set up. And as far as just, like, getting out there, I, I would never recommend nobody to pay to get on a showcase. But at the same time, it's like, now it's about getting seen, getting heard. And getting that experience. So, you know, like, I know a lot of people, like, a lot of artists, they get in and, and like, prematurely, you know, get too big and be like, oh, if they ain't paying me, I ain't doing it. This, that, and third. I'd be like, you know, you can get some experience before, like, you know, show them an act that deserves to get paid. You never know who's watching. But where it goes into, like, building a team around that, definitely booking agents right now, like, that's that's the name of the game right now, as far as like getting on festivals and stuff like that. And, and they look at your your travel history. Like, can you are you like traveling and performing? It doesn't matter if you're performing in front of like five hundred every night. It's about like, are you making these dates consistently? And and you know, are you getting an experience? Do you have a team and a system behind you to? you know, make them feel comfortable booking you a show in Tennessee and then booking a show in Atlanta and then booking a show in D.C. Like, because they're not on the road with you, but they just want to know if you are feasible and capable of making these dates. You know what I'm saying? So once you get into that room, you know, try to try to get and build your, your whole portfolio of, you know, performing other places. And that would that, be, like, my biggest advice to anybody trying to, like, just do shows everywhere. And, you know, document it. And it doesn't matter if it's 100 people, 10 people. Like, it's about that you're doing it. And then, like, from there, then you pursue, you know, some kind of agent. And, and you know, just go, get creative with it. Google is your best friend, man. You can type a paragraph of questions. And, and, you know what I mean? Like, it's no, it's 
research is like at our fingertips right now. So, but uh, as far as that, that's what I look at it. Like live performances is is next level right now. So I say dive into it. I like that. What um, what are you most proud of? Um, I mean, you've got a lot of accomplishments. What what, what stands out? <clears throat> um. That that uh, I got to do things in my life as far as like this music thing taking me places, and I got to do it like homegrown. You know what I'm saying? Like some of my biggest accomplishments are through me working with artists that are from Seven Five Seven. So that was always like a thing that I hang my hat on. That you know I didn't have to like you know piggyback on another situation or anything. Like I don't submit a lot of I don't like try to place records, you know what I mean, record placements. Because most of the A and Rs don't even know what the hell they looking for. <laughs> and and the disconnect from the A and R and the artists, you know, that I've you know, personally seen and experienced is just like it's laughable, you know what I mean? Like it like you hear this story about like when Michael Jackson the Neptunes made like a justify for Michael Jackson and and the A&R was like, nah. And then fast forward, Michael Jackson's like, I love these songs. And they're like, it was for you. And he's like, I never heard it. You know what I'm saying? It's stuff like that. That's like, wild. It's like, so so I stopped really doing Because, I mean, when I started, of course, it's just like any opportunity. Yeah, I'm sending mad beats. But I got to the point where I had to realize, like, you know what? Uh, nobody's going to understand my sound as an MP3 in an email amongst a bunch of other mp3s and emails i said we're going to just have to do this on our own and it was like being able to do that from the closet from the kitchen corner and then like impacting the world and stuff like that that's my biggest you know accomplishment like you know from here to the world but you know of course there's like other things i've done where you know it's dope don't get me wrong and i'm blessed for it but it's just it's just moments, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I did that, I did that, and you forget until people remind you. So, I feel like, what what is it worth if you're not even like, you know, is that defining you or is that just you know something on your way up? Like, it's just a you know, a moment. That's how I look at it. So, I don't really try to like put too many of those moments and accolades on pedestals and stuff like that. How'd you meet Drum? Um, I met Drum through that dead stop night I told you at Lola's at the same spot I met Sonny actually and uh, you know he was there performing and good stuff going on at Lola's that's what I say right (laughs) I always just like think about it I was like that's crazy Lola's was this spot but uh, yeah he performed and whatnot and then like my sister was just like he was dope but my sister was like yo something about him like you need to hit him up shit so I go over to him, I talk to him, and, like, at the time, he was, like, shooting videos for, like, clubs and stuff. So I'm out here trying to talk about music. He's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you need videos shot, you know what I'm saying? He ain't even worried about that. He just talking about getting some money, man. Like, you need somebody to shoot some videos, you hit me up, all right? So I was like, all right. So then fast forward, you know, we keep running to each other in the scene. And then uh, Sonny and Gabe, we had released, and, like, you know, we started making moves and stuff. And, um... Uh, Apparently, he said he saw somebody say Sonny and Gabe on Facebook and posted, like, some music. So, he just listened to it, not thinking that nobody was even from here. He just, like, hearing what everybody listened. And then, like, he said he clicked on one song. He was like, yo, this dope. And then when he clicked on the next song, it was, like, a picture of me. And he was, like, losing his mind. Like, 
I know him type. So then he called me out the blue. And I forgot, I didn't have his number saying anything, so I'm just kind of like, you know, I, you know, you don't know who you're talking to, so you just kind of look for context clues. And he just like rattling off. Yeah, I already knew this, that, that, third. That's the sound I need, man, gay, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I don't know who the hell this is. So I'm just going <laughs> along with it. He's like, yeah, I got this project I'm working on. I need somebody to mix it, man. Like, that sound you got is like what I've been looking for. You know, like, you know how much you need, blah, blah. So then, you know, like, out here, like, people didn't really take this shit serious. So I'm just like, because I, I don't know who it is. I'm just like, all right, I'll do it for $400. Because usually that just chases people away. So he's like, all right, hold on. I'll, we'll call you back. And then he calls back that day. All right, four hundred dollars. I'm gonna send it. I said, "All right, man, might as well do it." So he sends his project, and it takes me forever to listen to him. I'm talking about like two months, maybe. Like, and he's blowing me up every day, calling for different numbers and everything. And I just got a lot going on. I'm focused on Sunny and Gabe and all this stuff, Rebelly stuff. So then I finally was just like, he texted me. and was like, "Yo, I don't appreciate you." You stealing my stuff, and you, you know, I, I work hard on this, and you just gonna take it and steal it, and all that. So I was looking at like, I ain't stealing your shit. And I was like, <laughs> you know, he takes back finally. So I listened to it, and it was incredible. So I'm like, yo, who making these beats? And so he's like, I am. I'm like, damn, this is dope. So then I'm like, heard this one song, it's called Up, Up, and Away. It sounded like Lenny Kravitz, NERD, and, and NF Doom, and and D'Angelo is the craziest. That's a combination, right? Yeah, that's there. what I was like, what the? That's what I was saying. So I said, all right, check this out. I'm going to mix this one just to see how it comes. I'm going to mix this one free, and I'm going to send it out to uh, my blog connect, which was Pigeons and Plant. I send it out. They love it. So then they post it. So now he's like in the most. So now he's coming over every day, and we just started working, and we just kept working, working, working. And it's just that. That was it. So That's crazy. Yeah. What, um, what's it like, uh, you got a lot of, like, uh, stories, what's a good, what's a good story, like, uh, maybe I'm leaving out, like, with something that's unexpected or that you didn't, didn't expect or something that came up that you just, like, would never have anticipated, like, showing up in a studio and, you know, seeing something in a studio, you're like, wow, what is this, like, or, like, why is it like this? Or, oh, man. Uh, yeah, well, I got a tiptoe around that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, let me Whatever think you up. feel comfortable Yeah, sharing. yeah, yeah. No, hold up, man. I got to think. I got to think. Because that, that is a good question. Because it, <laughs> it was no, it was many of those moments, man. It was like, let me think. Let me think. I would say, like, uh, we were in Shangri-La working on drum stuff. And uh, Shangri-La is Rick Rubin's studio out of Malibu. And it's like, uh, you know, it's a house that's treated as a studio. Like, every room got, like, equipment in it and it's just mad history. Like, when you're there, it just feels special. So we're there, and we're working on drum stuff. And we're there for a couple of days. And, you know, it's like a, a lot of people in and out that we don't know. Of course, it's just like, you know, engineers and all that stuff. So throughout the time that we were there, there's always like some old dudes there working on cars and all that stuff. And, you know, like, I would start, like, grilling. I, I had, they had a grill there, so I pulled a grill out. And they was just like, you never seen nobody pull the grill out. So, <laughs> so, so just out here grilling. This, this loving it. Enjoying all, every aspect of that experience. And then, like, this old dude was like, where are you guys from? And it's like, Virginia. He's like, 
Oh, that's all y'all do in Virginia's grill. <laughs> yeah. He was looking like well, he said it kind of condescending. Like, what sure. you trying? What you trying to say, man? Your old ass out of here. But <laughs> what you going? Fast forward is just like, you know, this this old dudes all over the place, and then like the sunset there, like it's like the the spot set up right next to the beach, so the sunset there is crazy, and like we all just had like this moment, not even like realizing it was around. We just all kind of looking at the sunset because it is beautiful. And then the sun's like going down and like the old dude's just staring at staring at the sun. It's like it's like the sun is melting into the sea. Like all poetic. Like, okay. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, it is. So, you know, we talk about it. We just talk about it like that's a great color and it's a color of like uh trust and you know, just being poetic. I'm like, all right, little guy, it's deep. So then like the next day he's like, you know, Rick Rook is like, I heard you guys met Neil Young yesterday and we were like no, and it's like, yeah, he said you guys watched the sunset together. And I was like, oh, that's Neil Young, and like, wow. mind you, we've been talking trash to each other the whole time. He uh, actually ate. He was like not eating me, so he was like, you know, I seen y'all grill. Like, let me, you know, I'm about to break my diet for that. And uh, he ate some of it, and then he was just like, good old Virginia. <laughs> just like, man, but that was just one of them. Like, that's gold. Yeah, that's yeah, good yeah. Stuff. What um? Where do you go for like uh, mentorship or any advice? You know, do do you have like any OGs that you just go to and you like, <coughs> you know, trying to finish this thing? Yeah, yeah, say? yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Chad, you go like big time, big time. Chad, you go. Me and him uh, developed the relationship back in probably I would say oh eight oh nine. That's when we first started. But like to this day, you know, he his uh, his uh, way of thought is just like very, you know, uh, straight to the point. But like of the moment, and it's not necessarily like me going and asking questions. It's just it's more like he just uh, confirms it's confirmation. Like you know, just do it type stuff. Like like why not? And like don't think about it. You know what I mean? Just do it. Like it's stuff like that. And uh, you know, I got I got a lot of in- industry guys where. You know, I'm, like, uh, cool with them. And, you know, they're in the... They got their hands in some of the biggest artists in the world right now. So, it's just, like... You know, just being around them. Like, when we when we hang out and, and all that stuff, we don't even, like, talk about music. It's just yeah. about life. And, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of just watch what they do. And it's not even, like, me asking and stuff. But, you uh, already know what your plan is. You know what you want to get. And you just... Absorbing. Absorbing it. Yeah, yeah. Sense. It's confirmation pretty much. And uh also like the you know, the lesson of life, you know what I mean? I make mistakes but the mistakes aren't never a dead end, you know what I mean? Just kind of uh a long it shift to a longer route, like you know what I mean? So What um what are you looking forward to? I know we got a new year. What's what are you excited about? New projects? year, new me. Oh uh, no, nah, but uh as far as these projects, man, I want to do a lot. Um, like this year, I'm going to really attack uh, sending a lot of my stuff out to work with other artists. That, but the artists that I got relationships with, like, you know, because I've I always been like in that mode of finishing and working on something that's already been there, but now I've got like a lot more time to, you know, explore. And, um, you know, with that, I'm actually going to start doing my own projects. Where, you know, I'm an artist because I write all the time. So I might as well just, you know, dive out there with it and uh, have fun. But uh, more, it's going to be more 
you know, me on production side with other artists. And yeah, that's that's pretty much like the main goal of 2020 is to start getting the brand out there for myself as far as not even just a producer. Because, uh, you know, the whole DJ Sup Ladies thing was uh, it started as a joke as far as just a funny name for Instagram. But people started saying your, name, your DJ name is DJ Sup Ladies. And it's about a good time. So I'm just trying to spread the good times, man. Pretty much. I'm with it. I appreciate you doing this. Where can the listeners follow and connect with you? Um, yeah, uh, Gabe Niles, like all one word together, G-A-B-E-N-I-L-E-S. That's my Twitter. That's my, um, that's just like my moniker. If you type that in, you can find everything. But uh, Instagram is DJ Ladies, all one word, D-J-S-U-P-L-A-D-I-E-S. Um, if you look up Sunny and Gabe... If you just type in that, Sonny and Gabe, all one word, that's our handle for everything. Um, yeah, that's pretty That's pretty much it. Gabe Niles, if you look up Gabe Niles, you can find everything. I appreciate it. Thank you again. Not a problem. <laughs>